right, let's do this. I'm Farzim Sugi, and this is the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend, enjoyed a Chiefs win back in the win column. A big win for the Chiefs on the road against a uh, another divisional opponent, winning once again in the AFC West. The Chiefs just dominating this division, winning 42-33, probably closer than a lot of us expected. But the Chiefs went out there, put up 40 points once again. So some good things from this Chiefs team, some bad things as well. We'll talk about all of that. Also, some uh, new details regarding what's been going on with Kareem Hunt. Obviously was let go on Friday night. Uh, the uh, I mean, the most dramatic part seems to be behind us, but some of the details unfolding as to how the NFL handled this investigation, very disturbing. Now, Kareem Hunt also did an interview on ESPN's uh, NFL Sunday Countdown. We will talk about that. Uh, I, normally, I'd play the uh, audio for that kind of stuff, but I, I don't think he said too many big things. I, I mean, it was basically your typical apology. He answered some tough questions. Uh, we're not going to get into the audio with all of that. I'll basically give you guys the lowdown what he said. But there's one thing that he was not asked, and I really think he got away with something in this interview. Plus, he did lie about the incident back in February. I think he lied in this interview. We'll talk about that and much more on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzim Misugan. Thank you all for downloading and listening to this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. If you guys haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Share them as well on social media. Speaking of social media, I'm on there. You can talk to me on Facebook.com slash Farzin Vesugian. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Talk to me on there. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter at Farzine 21 plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Look, uh, I-, I wish the circumstances were better, uh, but no, I- that's just the way it works sometimes with, with uh, the news cycle, but... This was a crazy week with um, with our social media accounts, especially on the Facebook page. So I appreciate all of you guys who contributed uh, with the discussions. Uh, let me just f- first off say this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get to the game. I'll get to the Kareem Hunt stuff later. But the one thing I do just want to say right now, a lot of people, I, I, I don't know what everyone's definition of assault is. I, I, I really don't. Everyone seems to have a different definition of as to what assault is and who was at fault here a lot of people are saying that she struck him first okay i guess the first punch thrown was by this woman but kareem hunt made the first bit of contact when he pushed her then he aggressively approaches this woman that's when the woman threw a punch and obviously chaos Went crazy from there. One other thing, folks, we've got to stick to the facts with these kinds of things. Lots of people talking about how she dropped racial slurs on Hunt, said the N-word. Let me just say this, and I said this last podcast, I'll say it again. If she did say that word, again, no proof of it. There's just witnesses that supposedly are saying this. But if she did drop that word, don't you think other people would have been infuriated by that because there were other black people in the video a lot of those guys kareem hunt's friends don't you think any of them would have been upset and they would have also gone off on the woman and people are defending kareem hunt saying oh well he barely did anything first you kick a woman down you you kick anybody down after you did what you did first off he pushed his friend his own friend into the woman and the woman goes head first into a wall so 
regardless, they, he could have handled all of that better. I don't know why people are having a hard time understanding who made the first bit of contact in that video. Uh, I don't know. Maybe my eyes are seeing something else. Uh, perhaps some people don't know uh, when they started the video. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm flabbergasted. People are trying their very hardest to defend Kareem Hunt. Uh, the guy apologized. He uh, admitted to everything uh, that he did in this interview. Again, I'll get into that shortly, but uh, the bottom line is this is uh, this is all on him. And some of the details came out. As a matter of fact, the details about him talking to the Chiefs uh, as they discussed this video before they released them. Oh boy, uh, pretty crazy. But I'll get into that later. I want to get into get to the game because we've spent pretty much this entire weekend, obviously the last episode, just talking about this issue. We want to see some good football to kind of get our minds away from uh, from what happened. Well, the Chiefs did just that in this football game. Uh, a fumble to start things off in, in the very first play, but no problem. The Chiefs got the football back and made quick work right away. Travis Kelsey found the end zone on a pass from Patrick Mahomes. And then also later in the first quarter, the Chiefs got a field goal from Harrison Bucker doing uh, both of those before the halfway point of the first quarter. So the Chiefs had a 10-0 lead seven minutes and, with 7 minutes and 42 seconds left uh, in, the, uh, in the first quarter. So that was good to see from the Chiefs side of things. Uh, the Chiefs added on another field goal in the second quarter. The Raiders started to score as well. Uh, Doug Martin got a one-yard touchdown run. And by the way, going back to Travis Kelsey, had that stone-cold stunner uh, on the uh, on the first uh, touchdown uh, he had. Uh, that was very cool to see. I, that was creative. I like that for sure. Uh, I hope they informed Stone Cold about that on Twitter. I mean, he's obviously an icon in pro wrestling, so hopefully someone informed him of that and hopefully that caught his attention. Uh, but the Chiefs did get a touchdown uh, right before the end of the second half. And uh, look, they, they made... Great strides in that uh, two-minute offense. Well, I should call it a one-minute and four-second offense because Martin scored the touchdown with a minute four left, and the Chiefs scored a touchdown with seven seconds left uh, at the end of the first half. So good on the Chiefs with the way they managed uh, that that offense uh, late in the first half. Uh, Not every team is able to do it perfectly. The Chiefs did exactly that, and they had a 19-7 lead, a blocked PAT. Kind of an interesting moment there where when... uh, John Gruden wanted to challenge Travis Kelsey's touchdown grab. Uh, instead, he lost the timeout, but hey, uh, they uh, ended up blocking Butker's PAT. So I guess that timeout was worth it. It's not like they needed it since there was just seven seconds left. But Chiefs continued to uh, make, make some moves. First, it was the Raiders who uh, got a field goal from Daniel Carlson. But the Chiefs responded on the following drive, and a very long drive. In fact, the Chiefs at the one-yard line, fourth and goal at the one. Really crazy formation where they had, uh, from left to right, Tyree Kill, Spencer Ware uh, behind the uh, center in, in a shotgun formation, and then Travis Kelsey to the right. Mahomes was behind Ware. He moves in motion, and I actually thought they were, they were going to do a Philly special on this play, but that's not what they did. Instead, uh, Ware snaps the football, fakes it off to Hill, already throwing off a couple of defenders, from the Raiders, and Ware barely gets it in on his own. A great play call from Andy Reid. And let me just say something about that, because we've been very critical about Andy Reid's play calling over the years. Have we been doing much of that this year? Not really. I think the only time I had an issue with it, uh, there was one game, and I can't even remember which game it was. The only other time was in the uh, in the Rams game on Monday Night Football, 
when the Chiefs had the football with just one timeout left, uh, I mean, look, they were deep in their own field, but the short passes in the middle of the field, I wasn't quite sure what the uh, strategy was there. But uh, other than that, I have had no complaints about Andy Reid's play calling. He's done a phenomenal job with that. The Chiefs have gone for it on fourth down and have succeeded. Done a good job with that when they've needed to. And in fact, to uh, give you uh, just how good it's been, to put it into perspective, Chiefs are 6 of 7 on 4th down attempts this year. The only failed 4th down was in the Bengals' uh, Sunday night football game where they ran it in. Uh, they tried to run it with Spencer Ware. He couldn't get into the end zone. It was a 4th and goal play. It was a blowout. They were just letting the backups pass some stats, and that was the only failed conversion. The Chiefs have... Uh, succeeded on 86%, almost 86% of their fourth downs. That is the best in the NFL. Behind them, the New Orleans Saints, 11 of 13. They have converted on more than 84% of their fourth down uh, fourth down conversion attempts. So that's a pretty good set right there to be number one in the NFL on fourth down uh, offensively. And that's, you know, Andy Reid going for it when uh, the team needs to, and they've been able to convert when they've needed to. So so that's good to see. Now, things that get a little crazy here, kind of a back-and-forth battle here, almost like a, a combat uh, sporting event where uh, you know, one fighter throws a punch, the other punches right back, uh, and the Chiefs and Raiders went at it here. Jared Cook got a uh, touchdown uh, uh, from Derek Carr, the tight end. Uh, they went for the two-point attempt, could not make it. Uh, but right before, before the end of the third quarter, Demetrius Harris got a touchdown catch for the Kansas City Chiefs to make it 33-16. to <laughs> But things started to get, get get interesting here. The Chiefs made this more interesting than uh, they needed to. This is when, uh, in the fourth quarter, the Raiders, one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the NFL, uh, they went on a, a big run here. Uh, got a uh, touchdown pass from Lee Smith, uh, a one-yard touchdown pass, and then uh, Marcel Atman also got a nine-yard touchdown catch from Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a fairly good game, uh, by the way. He and uh, Patrick Mahomes both uh, aired it out uh, quite a lot and uh, got some, uh, I mean, if you had them on fantasy, you definitely uh, had a good day. But they had uh, back-to-back scores, making it a three-point game at one point, 33-30. The Chiefs then go on a drive inside two minutes. Chris Conley uh, first of all, Patrick Mahomes on, uh, on I believe it was third and five with a really nice soft pass, uh, and I believe it was to Demarcus Robinson. And by, I, before I forget, Demarcus Robinson had a phenomenal catch before halftime where he he ran sideways forty yards, uh, and he was putting his right hand out almost like he was playing a game of tag. Didn't want to uh, be it. Was trying to push the uh, guy away, and. Uh, managed to run out of bounds. That's horrendous defense. I know the Chiefs defense, uh, I mean, we don't have a lot of room to talk in that regards, but the Chiefs defense doesn't let a receiver or a running back run 40 yards sideways and go out of bounds to stop the clock. Demarcus Robinson was successful in doing that, and he also came away with that key grab on third down, and then Chris Conley helped ice the game with a touchdown pass from Mahomes, making it 42-30. The, uh, the Raiders did get a field goal with 30 seconds left to go, and they tried to go for the onside kick, but unable to, and the Chiefs came away with a big win here. Let me just say this, because I know I predicted a blowout, and I predicted some blowouts against the Broncos, against the Browns and the Cardinals. We haven't seen the Chiefs be able to blow out teams when we expect it. Is that a concern? 
Is that something we should worry about? Because I've always been on here saying, hey, a win is a win. I don't care how a team wins. If you win, you win. Every team right now in the AFC would love to trade records with the Chiefs right now. Standing at 10-2 and with the best record in the AFC. Every team in the AFC would gladly swap their record with Kansas City's. Now, it does get concerning, though. Why is it that the Chiefs aren't able to put away some of these teams that they should put away? I get it. It's the NFL. You never underestimate any team. And, uh, I mean, these are all pros. Some of them, obviously, better than others. Uh, But at the end of the day, can you really uh, go out there and expect a blowout every single time? Look, I don't know. Uh, We haven't seen the Chiefs. Uh, put together a big blowout uh, this year, except for the Bengals game. And that's a team that, at the time, was one of the best teams in the In fact, they were actually the number two seed, if I if I remember correctly, when they faced the Chiefs. Now they've completely fallen off, but uh, I think a lot of people were surprised with the beating the Chiefs put at the time against the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs, that's the kind of beatdown we've been expecting from the Chiefs uh, to to put on the the Browns and and the Cardinals and the Raiders, and we haven't seen that necessarily. Is that a concern to you guys? Because to me, it is a little bit. I'm glad the Chiefs got the win. Don't get me wrong. I'll I'll always come on here and say a win is a win, but it does concern me that the Chiefs aren't able to put away opponents like the Raiders when they should. And look, even higher quality type of teams, uh, you've got to find a way to to, to put them out of sight. And uh, ice the game a little bit sooner. Uh, when you're a team like the Chiefs, when you have the record that you have and all the offensive firepower you have on your football team, well, uh, you, you've got to be able to come away with some uh, some playmaking abilities and also some uh, of the ability to close out games a little bit sooner than expected. Let me know your thoughts on that. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21, plus my email Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Mahomes threw four touchdowns in this game, 295 yards, 23 of 38. No sacks, no picks, jersey kept clean. Also ran it nine times for 52 yards, so a very busy day for Patrick Mahomes. Spencer Ware ran it 14 times for 47 yards, plus the touchdown we mentioned. Damian Williams, the backup, we haven't seen him a whole lot. This was the most uh, active he's been for the Chiefs since uh, joining them after spending some time with the Dolphins. He, uh, He ran the ball five times. For 38 yards, and Tyreek Hill also contributed to the ground game, running twice for 37 yards. I mentioned Travis Kelsey, monster game for him. 12 catches, 168 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Almost had a third touchdown, but was unable to uh, uh, get up just about a half second uh, slow. uh, And the Raiders defender managed to make contact with him on that very close defensive essentially a tackle there that's what it goes down in the uh, stat sheet Demetrius Harris I mentioned he found the end zone Chris Conley also caught a pass in the end zone to help put the game away uh, with less than a minute to go or two minutes to go Uh, I mentioned Tyreek Hill ran the ball twice only had one catch in this game and that was on a play that was nearly intercepted uh, by a Raiders defender and Tyreek Hill just basically heads up play uh, being aware of the tip pass and managed to come down with it. Uh, but but here's the point I want to make. Kareem Hunt was let go, obviously, and I'm going to get into that shortly. Tyreek Hill had a very quiet game. Two pro bowlers on your team. Well, Kareem Hunt's no longer on the team, but you get the idea. So without Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill having a very quiet game, the Chiefs still put up 40 points on the scoreboard. Now, Tyreek Hill not having a, a big game on the stat sheet, does that mean he didn't 
contribute much? No, not at all. I've said before, when you, by the way, don't forget Sammy Watkins did not play in this football game, nor did Eric Berry. Mitch Morse did return, and I think that's a big reason why Mahomes uh, was able to uh, avoid uh, getting sacked in this game. Uh, But as far as the offensive players go, the skill position players, Sammy Watkins was unavailable. Tyreek Hill had a quiet game, and Kareem Hunt was just let go. Those are three big-name players on your offense. Now, Tyreek Hill, I'm sure, still did his job in occupying a lot of those Raiders defenders. It's getting to the point now where it doesn't always work, but double-teaming and triple-teaming Tyreek Hill is what it's come down to for a lot of these defensive coordinators because what else do you do when you try to slow down Tyreek Hill? And still, like I mentioned, you put two or three guys on him, and it still does not go your way. Uh, sometimes uh, it does, but a majority of the time it hasn't gone uh, a defense's way. But Tyree Kill, I'm sure, occupied a lot of those guys, uh, got him away from Travis Kelsey, and that allowed Travis Kelsey to have the game that he had. That allowed Demetrius Harris to uh, get a catch and get it into the end zone. So you were able to see some of that. And Chris Conley uh, was probably the guy who maybe filled in the most, especially without Sammy Watkins in this game. And you saw Demarcus Robinson uh, make a couple of big plays for the Chiefs in this one. So... Uh, maybe Tyreek Hill didn't have a good game on the stat sheet, but he still did his job in distracting a lot of these defenders. Uh, I mean, look at the look at the fake to the, that Spencer Ware had. He snapped the football, uh, faked it to Tyreek Hill. A couple of defenders closed in on Tyreek Hill real quickly. He was the decoy on that play right there, a, a touchdown play. So that's uh, Tyreek Hill still doing his part and helping this offense succeed. Uh, and even though he's had a lot of quiet games this year, he's had a lot of phenomenal games and still one of the best receivers statistically in the NFL. Crazy to see and a good game for the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs uh, did commit a turnover uh, by fumbling on the very first offensive play, but hey, no problem. The defense came away with three fumble recoveries on their own. D Ford, uh, one and a half sacks in this game. He now has ten and a half sacks on the season, more than the entire Raiders football team. That is saying something right there. Chris Jones recorded a sack in eight straight games, man. He's having a hell of a year. I mentioned on the last podcast that he's the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Month, and you've got to think that this is the year Chris Jones definitely gets into the Pro Bowl, gets voted in, hopefully doesn't participate in it, preparing for a different bowl game, uh, but definitely has to be in consideration for uh, not just the Pro Bowl, but also uh, for the AP All-Pro team. I, I really do think that's how uh, how big of a, a season Chris Jones is having for the Chiefs. As usual, this Chiefs front seven was very good, but the secondary needs a lot of work. A lot of passes given up, a lot of penalties on uh, the Chiefs secondary. Eric Berry was limited in practice all week, was not expected to play. A lot of people were upset that he was inactive for this game. Look, the guy had three practices, was limited in all of them. You were really thinking a guy with three limited practices was going to play in this game. Three limited practices all season, mind you. Uh, Look, it's a typical returning curve for a player that's missed a lot of time. They'll practice a little bit. They won't play in the in, in, in the week where they did return to practice, but they'll likely be back the following week. I guarantee you Eric Berry is going to practice more next week. And if I had to put money on it, I think Eric Berry is going to play next week against the Baltimore Ravens. I definitely think so.
We'll see what happens with Eric Berry. Again, like I said, I do anticipate him coming back for next week's game, and I think the Chiefs are going to need him because that could be a, a really strong defensive effort from the Ravens. And again, we'll obviously do our breakdown on Thursday. But stopping the run was another issue. The Chiefs gave up 171 yards. Jalen Richard uh, ran 95 yards on just six carries. Doug Martin, 18 for 61 plus a touchdown to help the Raiders in this one. But still, the Chiefs found a way to get the job done. A win is a win, as usual. Uh, but there are some things the Chiefs can work on. And uh, it kind of makes you wonder, is this the team that we're just going to have to accept defensively going into the playoffs? Or is there any hope that this team improves? Uh, does Eric Berry's presence make a difference? Because a lot of people are saying, and I've seen this on social media, that Eric Berry on the field will change the dyna- dynamic a little bit. As, and maybe... From a mental standpoint, it'll make everyone better. I just don't know how much leadership can make everyone uh, else better. I really don't. I get that's a big thing to have Eric Berry on the field uh, and his leadership could could make an impact. But I don't know if it's going to be enough to the point where you all of a sudden see improvements uh, in so many areas on the defense. I I just don't know if one uh, all-pro safety... And again, he's going to have to gradually get his way back to that form. I don't think he'll be that all-pro safety right away. We'll see. Maybe he does look like that in his first game back, but uh, history has shown us that players who have missed a lot of time, it takes a while to get back to that form. So we'll see what happens uh, with Eric Berry in practice next week uh, and uh, if he'll participate in the game against the Ravens. Chiefs win this one. Hey, uh, wasn't pretty, but 42-33. The fifth time this year the Chiefs have scored 40 or more points. There were two games where the Chiefs have scored 38 points, another where they've scored 37. So obviously, and by the way, with the Saints losing to the Cowboys 13-10, the the Chiefs are now uh, back to being the number one scoring team in the NFL right now. Let me know your thoughts on the game. I mentioned the social media, facebook.com slash farzivisugin, twitter.com slash farzivisugin, 21. Let me know your thoughts on the game as a whole. We've got a discussion about it on uh, both the Facebook and Twitter pages, so feel free to join in anytime on that. Uh, Let's wrap things up talking about the whole Kareem Hunt situation. We've been given some uh, interesting details about this since we've last done an episode of the podcast, obviously uh, a bonus episode, uh, overtime edition of the Chiefs Zone this past weekend. According to The Athletic, which is... A fairly good website, but you do need a subscription to uh, read their articles. Uh, Yahoo Sports, however, pretty much highlighted the the key parts from that article. And I believe it's Nate Taylor who wrote this. Uh, And it's according to sources given to The Athletic. So take that for what that's worth to you. The Chiefs knew that there was footage of this. They tried to obtain it multiple times. The NFL told the Chiefs to, to stop pursuing it, essentially. Kareem Hunt supposedly told uh, the Chiefs that he never left his hotel room and didn't do anything. Obviously, a big fat lie there. According to The Athletic, Kareem Hunt would have stayed on the team if he was truthful. Now, if he was truthful and then the video came out, would that change things from the public standpoint? I don't know, man. Uh it's not a good way, but again, it's human nature to react differently when you see visual evidence of these kinds of things. But uh, you would at least hope that being honest would have changed things. I, I certainly would have hoped so, but uh, that's a big reason why. Uh, by the way, Hunt, uh, he was sent home and then brought back to the uh, training facility 
and he cried in front of the uh, coaches and uh, some of the front office guys who were present and pleaded for them to reconsider their decision to release him. Obviously, the Chiefs disagreed and said that he will never uh, play for the Chiefs ever again. Uh, obviously, unfortunate. I mean, just the 20 or so seconds in that video hurt him. And look, other teams are going to look at Kareem Hunt and say, you lie to the Chiefs. How can we trust you? Now, the Chiefs, they still want to help Kareem Hunt. Uh, They told the NFL that they want to help Kareem Hunt enroll in a new counseling program. Now, the source told The Athletic, Andy Reid did not cut Kareem Hunt. Clark Hunt didn't do it. Brett Veach didn't do it. The the source said, quote, Kareem cut Kareem. Kind of reminds me of uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, and I mentioned this on social media. I said, I, I can't be the only one who, who thinks this or is reminded of this. And some of you guys agreed with me, which is good. Uh, but it kind of reminds you of Vince McMahon's Brett screwed Brett. For those who don't know the story, obviously pro wrestling is scripted. There was a pro wrestler whose contract was up. He was a champion, but refused to lose on a pay-per-view. So uh, the WWE basically abruptly ended a match. And it was basically turned into a real life fight where... Uh, Bret Hart, one of the best uh, in pro wrestling, was angry at uh, the ownership from WWE and how they handled his exit. So uh, that's the uh, story behind that. Bret, Bret uh, screwed Bret, Kareem cut Kareem. Uh, imagine that. Uh, again, all of uh, what I mentioned is according to The Athletic. Now, Adam Schefter reported Sunday morning that the NFL never reached out to Kareem Hunt in its investigation or... I don't even know if you can call it an investigation in trying to figure out what happened. They did attempt to reach out to the woman. Uh, They did not hear back from her. Okay, this is an issue here, folks. Not only did the NFL tell the Chiefs to stop pursuing the video, but they told, uh, or, or they didn't reach out to Kareem Hunt. I'm not quite sure what investigation you you had if you didn't talk to Kareem Hunt. That's not an investigation. The league is putting out this BS statement saying, well, uh, now with this new information, uh, we'll investigate with the new information. Okay. You, you, You never spoke to him. That's the problem. Never spoke to him. The NFL, by the way, and I mentioned this, Mike Freeman of Bleacher Report said this. The NFL has... Former FBI investigators, former police officers working for them for these kinds of things. Who's investigating is is what I want to know. What kind of effort did they put in there? Because people took such a big issue with how aggressive the NFL was in the Patriots and Deflategate and suspending Tom Brady four games without proof. You put all that damn effort into banning Tom Brady for four games without evidence but you did no you, you you made no attempt to reach out to Kareem Hunt when he was accused of assaulting a woman you don't need video evidence to reach out to Kareem Hunt and ask what happened now whether Kareem Hunt was would have been honest or dishonest to the NFL that's a different issue but the NFL didn't even attempt to go after Kareem Hunt by the way, let me just say something here because a lot of people are, are pointing the fingers to different people here. The NFL's 
lack of effort for this investigation, that's not on Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is at fault for the assault and more so for lying about it. Now, a lot of people are blaming the Chiefs and the NFL for Kareem Hunt assaulting this woman. Let me just say this. Hopefully, the Chiefs sent a message not just to current players on the team, but hopefully current players on other teams as well as future NFL players that, hey, look, we're not effing around. You you do this, you screw up, and you lie to us, we're done with you. And I think other teams are going to have that mindset too. They're, they're not going to want any part of Kareem Hunt because he lied. No way. But it's not Clark Hunt's fault. It's not Roger Goodell's fault that Kareem Hunt at 2, 3, 4 a.m. invited a stranger to hang out with him and then assaulted him while drinks were already consumed. That's not Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt can't text Kareem Hunt and say, hey, you, you, you behaving at 4 a.m. right now? Clark Hunt's in bed himself. The Chiefs cannot monitor all 53 players in the offseason, during the season, whatever. The Chiefs can't monitor all these guys. The NFL can't monitor these guys and be texting them every single second, making sure they're behaving. This is not the NFL's fault. It is the NFL's fault that they did a poor job of trying to look into this, for sure. But this is not the NFL's fault that Kareem Hunt assaulted a woman. Now, you might say the NFL maybe should have handed out harsher punishments in the past, and maybe then this could stop. That I I can maybe get behind. And that's why I'm saying hopefully the Chiefs with what they did, sent a message to the entire NFL because the Chiefs letting go of Kareem Hunt and say what you want, save face, the Chiefs knew, blah, blah, blah. I can only go as to what's being reported. Have your opinions all you want. And listen, I'll give my opinion. I think they've seen the video. I have a hard time believing that a multi-billion dollar entity did not have access to the video. But with that said, the Chiefs did more than the NFL at least. They are doing more to speak out against violence and assault than the NFL in this case by letting him go. Uh, listen, I don't know why the NFL had to put Kareem Hunt on the exempt list. You all, you, you see it on, on film. There's not much else to see. You, he can already be suspended for that. And they're anticipating a six-game suspension for Hunt and I don't know how that's going to be applied with the game that he'll be missing under the exempt list. Plus, if they add on the six games, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but hopefully uh, the Chiefs did uh, their job in sending a message because something's got to be done about it. By the way, uh, Sam Mellinger, I don't know if it's Mellinger or Mellinger, I apologize, of the Kansas City Star. Uh, he wrote a column saying that the Chiefs owe more to domestic violence uh, organizations are, are, are trying to go against that uh, and they, they, they need to contribute more to that. I don't know if I agree with that. First of all, this is not a domestic violence incident. This is a stranger who Kareem Hunt came across. Uh, let's just be clear on that. Secondly, and this was in response to the fact that Javon Belcher did what he did uh, this past Saturday, six years ago. Now look, it's not the Chiefs' fault that Javon Belcher killed his girlfriend, and then took his own life. 
It's not the Chiefs' fault that Kareem Hunt assaulted this woman. And to say that the Chiefs now have an obligation to help out organizations that are against domestic violence or, or assault, whatever. Look, NFL teams are always in the community. They're helping. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, every single event he's been doing in the community, that's been that's been covered very well by the media because of his public stature so far. But the Chiefs are out there doing things in the community, uh, whether it's food drives, uh, coat drives. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, I'm sure there are players out there. Maybe it doesn't get covered that there are players who are doing something, uh, contributing to organizations uh, and groups that are trying to reduce uh, domestic violence or assaults uh, on women. So I don't know exactly if the Chiefs have a quote-unquote obligation just because two of their players, Javon Belcher and Kareem Hunt, have done have done these uh, incidents. And by the way, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that's what Mellinger brought up in his column. Uh, but he, he, he makes an interesting point there. Yes, the Chiefs do have a, a bit of a track record with this. So there does need to be something, uh, a message does need to be sent. But look... The Chiefs do a lot of things. The NFL does a lot of things, uh, you know, honoring soldiers, uh, helping out with, with uh, breast cancer, fighting breast cancer. And I, I think maybe uh, one of these uh, times they need to have a week where they they do something to speak out against uh, uh, assault like this, domestic abuse, assault, whatever. Uh, I, I don't think that there can be any harm in doing so. Now, Kareem Hunt did uh, do his e- interview on ESPN uh, here's a lowdown. Uh, basically apologize. Typical apology after a person's been caught and criticized. Apologize to the Chiefs, teammates, coaches, fans, uh, as well as his family. He says he's embarrassed and disgusted. Uh, he also had a message for the woman. Uh, he was asked if uh, he's made any attempt to reach out or if he would if he would reach out. Kareem says he doesn't know how to do so, and I can understand that part. But he did say that he apologizes to the woman as well. He said there's no excuses for his actions, things got crazy, but he admitted that he should not have done what he did. Uh, he was asked if he thinks he's going to be on another NFL team. He said he's unsure if he will join another NFL team or if they'll have any interest in signing him. He also said that he deserves forgiveness because he said that's not who he is. Now, he admitted to lying to the Chiefs about all of that, uh, about the incident. Now, he says he deserves forgiveness because... Uh, that's not who he is. Well, I think that's a lie, folks, because he says that's not who he is, but we don't have video evidence of this. Now, give TMZ time. Maybe they'll find video evidence of this. But Kareem Hunt was accused of punching a man in June. So look, before the video came out, here's what we knew. We knew Kareem Hunt had an incident in February where he was accused of assaulting a woman, and we knew in June that he was accused of punching a man. So as of right now, we know there are two incidents that he's been involved in. He says that's not who he is. If that's not who you are, then why did you do it again in the off in the same offseason in June in Ohio? And again, I don't know exactly what leads to this. Maybe it's his temper, and he needs help with that. Maybe it is who he is, and he's got to get help. Uh, And hopefully he gets that. Maybe he hangs out with the wrong crowd. And I'll tell you what, folks, and I've I've mentioned this before. Uh, I I had a couple of friends in high school who uh, were were troublemakers. 
Now, I never got in trouble personally like they did, but they got into serious trouble. And I'm talking handcuffs, behind bars. I'm talking that kind of trouble. And I realized to myself, look, I may not be doing anything, but if I keep hanging out with these people, I'm going to get in trouble just because I'll, I'll be guilty by association. What did I do? I, I cut ties with those people uh, after high school, right after graduation. I, I just did. It was a choice I had to make. Not a fun one because, you know, you're, you're friends with these people, but you got to look out for yourself. And uh, th- th- that's the right move to make. Look at Brian Ortega, uh, a UFC, undefeated UFC fighter, uh, who, by the way, he trains with the uh, Gracie family, Henner and Heron Gracie in Torrance, California. Tom Bahali, former Chiefs outside linebacker and pro bowler, he also uh, trains jujitsu with the uh, with the same coaching staff that Brian Ortega has. So very cool connection there. But Brian Ortega is a UFC fighter, undefeated, very young guy. And he did get a title shot in July. However, the champion Max Holloway was injured. So the title fight is actually going to happen this Saturday. Uh, but Brian Ortega has a very similar story where he got in a lot of trouble as a kid. And uh, his current boxing coach at the time said, hey, look, you've got a lot of talent as a person. I can teach you some moves as a boxer, but in order for me to do that for you, you have to give up all these friends, these troublemakers who you hang out with. Brian Ortega did exactly that, and this guy's completely turned his life around. Undefeated fighter getting ready for his first shot at a UFC belt. So, folks, maybe Kareem Hunt also needs to consider... Uh, who he hangs out with. Because maybe you're in the right on a lot of these things, but being around the wrong people could make an impact on your attitude and your actions. I think that's another thing to consider. By the way, one thing I really take issue with uh, in the interview, Kareem Hunt was never asked about that second incident in June. Was never asked about it. Listen, uh, I know I've been very critical of him. I do hope he gets help. Let me just say this. I know I get very critical when teams try to cover up these kinds of incidents. The Chiefs didn't. They they, they let him go. Uh, whether they knew about the video or not, they uh, they did the right thing, I think. A lot of people are coming to his defense, uh, especially after the, uh, the interview came out. People felt bad for him. I didn't. That's your typical uh, apology after you've been caught. I don't think that I, I have any reason to feel sorry for him. Look, I, I do hope Kareem Hunt does get help, though. Look at Larry Johnson. Uh, look at Tyreek Hill. These are guys who have done some horrific things in the past. And Ray Rice is another good example. Uh, but the LJ and the Tyreek uh, comparisons, I mean, they're a little more direct for us because those are guys uh, who are or have been with the Chiefs. Larry Johnson, uh, he looks like he's turned his life around. He's been very critical of Kareem Hunt. I know he's done a couple of uh, interviews talking about the incident. Tyreek Hill, uh, he was drafted by the Chiefs, coming in with the incident he had, choking his pregnant girlfriend at the time, who he is now engaged to. And the Chiefs did say that he's got to uh, do what they ask of him. He's not going to get a roster spot just because he's a draft pick. But uh, Andy Reid did at one point say that Tyreek Hill has done everything that the team has asked him to do. And you have not heard of one damn thing from Tyree Kill. The the worst thing he's done is get penalized for taunting because he put the uh, deuces right up to the face of a Rams player. That's the worst thing he has done since being in the NFL. So he's managed to turn things around. Hopefully Kareem Hunt can get that. Uh, and by the way, I, I didn't mention this last podcast, but I knew this was going to come up by a lot of people. 
a lot of people are, are, are bringing up Colin Kaepernick and the fact that he doesn't have a job because he had a peaceful protest. And here's Kareem Hunt, who is expected to get to get a job. Ruben Foster quickly w- was signed by the Redskins, and he's still on the exempt list for, for the end of the commissioner's exempt list. Listen, folks, fans are right about that. I mean, it, it is questionable that Kaepernick, you see a lot of really bad quarterbacks and backups getting signed, and you see these players who've done worse things, uh, and, and they've been getting signed. Regardless what your stance is on the uh, national anthem protests, uh, I don't care what your stance is, you cannot deny the fact that what Kareem Hunt did is a billion times worse than what Colin Kaepernick did, and Kaepernick's getting blackballed by the NFL, and Kareem Hunt is probably going to get uh, picked up somewhere. I'm sure his agent, Dan Saffron, has been in contact with at least one team by now. I, I guarantee you that's that's been the case. Surely it's happened. So we'll see what happens. By the way, the Chiefs only had six inactive players in this game. Kareem Hunt is technically still on the roster. He's going to go through the waiver wire on Tuesday once the NFL week ends, and that is when he will officially be removed from the team's 53-man roster. So the Chiefs had just six inactives in this game. Kareem Hunt was technically the seventh inactive for the Chiefs. Uh, By the way, lots of reports coming out that the Chiefs, they do want a fourth running back. That's how many they had with Kareem Hunt, and now they only have three so they are out there uh, doing some workouts. Former Denver Broncos running back C.J. Anderson is going to be working out with the Chiefs on Monday, as will former Chiefs running back Charkandrick West. He was briefly with the Jets in the preseason, but was let go during final cuts, uh, or, or, or only one cuts uh, nowadays. Uh, I forgot about that. But uh, Charkandrick West possibly could be coming back. A lot of people are wondering if C.J. Spiller could be a candidate. That's, of course, a reasonable one, considering his past connection with the Chiefs, but if I had to uh, give my opinion who I want, I hope I would go for Charkandrick West simply because he does have some familiarity with the offense, but maybe there's something that C.J. Anderson brings to the table that Charkandrick West doesn't. We'll see uh, what the Chiefs decide on that. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Crazy, crazy weekend. A lot of downloads over the weekend despite... The uh, Kareem Hunt episode on Friday came out on short notice. Lots of you guys listened to that. I appreciate all of you who downloaded and listened. If this is your first time listening, hopefully uh, you've been inclined to subscribe. You can do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, Again, thank you to all of you who contributed on social media. I wish it was on better circumstances, but that's the way things work with the news cycle sometimes. Uh, you guys can talk to me on Facebook, facebook.com slash farzinevasugian, twitter.com slash farzine21, plus my email, farzine at farzinevasugian.com. Crazy weekend, but the Chiefs win, and now they're on to Baltimore. We will have our preview episode up on Thursday. I also want to talk about the Packers firing Mike McCarthy. Very, very interesting. I've got... Something I want to say about that. Something we already know about, but I don't think it's been brought up yet by a lot of people. We'll discuss that and much more on the next episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Enjoy your week. Talk to you Thursday.